Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 271st ever episode, 72nd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the MSP studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. I would like to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thanks. Ha- happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Thank you, thank you. And everyone listening. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We're thankful for you. Is that one of your favorite holidays? Uh, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's probably better than it's probably better than Fourth of July, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, I can't do the fireworks like for like three weeks straight. No, I'm kind of over fireworks in general, honestly. Wow. Okay, I don't know I'm, if I'd go that far. I'm all about. I want to see more of those drone shows. Okay, that's the next. That's for the, the next holidays. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For Thanksgiving too. It's more pet friendly, you know. Loud noises. Very considerate. Yeah. Um, We've just been embracing the holiday season. So like our Christmas tree's been up. It's just all at once. Yep. We're just doing Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. It's all just kind of wintry, Christmassy vibe. That's acceptable. So I do enjoy that Thanksgiving food. I used to, as a kid, I was like really picky and, you know, just kind of an annoying little little kid. kid, Exactly. Yeah. That doesn't and surprise me at all. N- nowadays, you know, just pile it all up, gravy all over it, mix it together. Just one big stew. Yeah, get a bite of each thing on your fork. Yeah. People people told me that when I was a kid, and I just didn't didn't believe them. Wasted years. Um. So far, Kyle, it's been a November to remember. Coach Drinkwitz uh, said something about when they were playing well in October, the football team. They've set up a potential November to remember. And I'd say uh, Mizzou football and basketball has lived up to that in different with different ways. We will remember this November. Okay, yeah. I didn't know where you are going with that. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. We are going to talk about the basketball team and the roller coaster that that has been so far. Uh, and we're going to talk about Mizzou football getting that big game-winning field goal from Harrison Mevis. And the finale of the regular season against Arkansas. Before we do all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review wherever you listen to us, and of course, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. So unfortunately, basketball's up first here, Kyle, and um, we don't have to spend a ton of time on it. Still super early in the season, but uh, the last two games were... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, Mizzou beat Minnesota game winning bucket from Sean East 70 to 68, and then followed that up with one of the worst performances on, uh, on a basketball court you can possibly have. Yeah. So. Yeah. Things, I mean, things were all good after the Minnesota game, uh, just the wildest comeback. They were down by 20 points with like 11 minutes to go in the game. Uh, I don't know. That was that was magical. Yeah, on the road at a Big Ten opponent. Yeah, it felt like the kind of game that you could uh, kind of turn the corner mm-hmm. and maybe you figured some stuff out rotation wise and execution wise in that second half. Um, yeah, it was kind of a it was an interesting game. Um, Missouri's games so far this year have been a struggle to get through at times, but then there's stretches where they look really good and just. They're way too inconsistent uh, right now, obviously. 
Um, early on in the Minnesota game, I noticed the refs were letting them get away with a lot of contact, especially in the paint. And it felt like Minnesota was taking advantage of that more than Missouri was early. But also Minnesota was taking advantage of not missing a shot from the field for quite a while. Um, Minnesota had a 23 to seven run, uh, sort of like end of the first half, well into the second half where Missouri was just ice cold from the field. But, uh, and somewhere in that run, Caleb Grill got ejected from the game. He got teed up for like yelling and slapping the floor uh, in response to a no call. Yeah. He slapped the floor, got the technical foul for that individually, and then stood up and kind of like got in the ref's face and yeah. a little bit of a bump. Yeah. And like, okay. Yeah. Even just like your description of it right there is, sounds more severe than, yeah. than it actually was, but he bumped him barely. Yeah. And you just cannot do that. So he got ejected, and uh, yeah, Minnesota and led. Missouri promptly uh, mounted a comeback immediately it, after that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Minnesota led 59-39 with 12 minutes left, and uh, Missouri goes on a 27-8 to run. And I was trying to, you know, kind of, we're still trying to figure out the rotations and everything. That's what we're watching in some of these early games. And that run, uh, that Missouri run, they were riding with, Honor East Carter, the freshman Robinson, Pierce, and Butler, and then uh, Tamar Bates and Kurt Lewis. So those eight guys were kind of the biggest part of that second half against Minnesota. Um, Honor got that streak or got that run going with some clutch threes. Pierce hit a three, had a bucket down low. Um, Carter had an and one. Bates was getting to the line and yeah, they just kind of slowly mounted this comeback to get back in it. And then at the very end of the game, um, Minnesota freshman guard took a weird long three when I think they were up one or tied. Yeah. Just bricked off the backboard. Didn't yeah. hit the rim. Yeah. Which that could have been a disaster because sometimes those insane misses, you never know what's going to happen on the rebound, but it went right to a Missouri player and, uh, yeah, then Sean East ends up with the ball and gets an and one to take the lead. And Minnesota is not able to hit a shot at the buzzer to win it. And it, yeah, it just looks like, oh, uh, okay, we've turned a corner here. We've fought back in this tough environment. I really enjoyed watching the game with that environment. I thought it was really fun. Uh, during the long stretch where Missouri couldn't score, I was like thinking, why did I think this was fun? This is actually awful. But uh yeah, just a, an incredible environment to go out and win a game on the road against a big Big Ten school. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting seeing like different arenas and stuff, like yeah. maybe older arenas too, and how the they're barn, gonna, how they they're call laid out one. a little bit. Um, yeah, kind of had an old school feel to it a little bit. But yeah, that was that was a huge win, and uh, kind of felt like we were on, on top of the world for a minute there. Just coming back to be anybody in that way. I don't even I don't care who it is. Like that's. That can be uh, kind of light a spark for you know, the games that follow, and I kind of thought that might happen, and um, didn't happen. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, Missouri then proceeds to lose to previously the best 0-5 team in the country, Jackson State. They're no longer winless. Uh, Missouri lost 73-72. to I don't even know how to talk about this game. This um, is like on par with that Charleston Southern game that haunts your dreams from a few years ago. Yeah, this is probably going to take the place of it. Might be worse. Yeah. 
uh, this is one of the worst losses for Missouri, like in the Kim Palm era, uh, when you're looking at those rankings and stuff. Just, you know, a bye game where uh, we paid Jackson State to come to our place and hopefully lose, and they did not, uh, you know, do their end of the bargain there. They won the game. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like, uh, I, I honestly didn't even catch the whole game, but it just felt like they were going to pull away eventually. It was just like, oh, the, you know, this is this is ugly, but they'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, they'll be fine. And yeah. then they just, Jackson State just was playing hard, man. They were just hung around the whole time. Yeah, and Missouri kind of did pull away. I mean, it's a bit subjective, but in this game, I would consider up six with a minute left. That's like, true. they kind of did, they, in they the ugliest way possible, they kind of did what they needed to do there towards the end to win the game. Yeah, I don't know what Kim Palm says exactly, but I'd guess probably 97% win probability. Mm, yeah, um, I'll check it out. By the end of that. Um, yeah, and just totally we're careless with the ball and bad fouls and stuff to close it out, and we're really cold. Yeah, uh, 97.9% to win with three minutes left, and then about the same thing with one minute left. Um, yeah, the last minute there was so strange. Uh, Jackson State missed a free throw. Honor throws it up the court to Butler, who had basically a wide-open dunk opportunity. He does not go up strong with it, waits a beat, gets fouled, misses both free throws, uh, and Missouri is still up four with 37 seconds left, and um, there was a play in there where I think maybe up two, Grill turns it over. There was at one point, too, I can't even remember who did it, but... There was like a, an and one under the basket where uh, whoever the Missouri defender was just totally got beat and just did one of those really weak fouls where yes. they don't even alter the shot at yes. all. They barely touch the player and yes. when he's shooting. And like, honestly, it's probably not a foul. Like, I don't even know why those get called so often. But it's like either get out of the way or foul him so hard that he can't make the shot. Right. Like, make up your mind. It's like weak contact that doesn't alter anything. Yes. So that's the worst possible thing that could happen there. Yeah, so it was just kind of basically a meltdown there at the end. Yeah. And I listened to Coach Gates' press conference afterwards, and man, getting started with basketball season and listening to some of those press conferences after listening to Coach Drinkwitz talk about the football team for almost an entire season, Coach Gates does not give you a lot to work with. Um, he probably he seemed probably pretty unbothered by what was going on. He did seem pretty unbothered and uh, just a lot of coach speak and a lot of... Uh, obviously, he defends the players, which you love to see, but I feel like eh, maybe just that's more normal. That's what people should expect, and what we get from Coach Drink is just a little bit more, which we've kind of known, but... Yeah, yeah Coach Drink, his, his press conferences are actually worth watching. Yeah. And I don't know that you could say that about very many coaches. Yeah, I don't know how many more of these Coach Gates uh, press conferences I'm going to watch. But, uh, yeah, he wasn't giving you a lot of uh, X's and O's breakdowns of what went wrong there. Um, yeah, just uh, just can't happen. I mean, it, and to even try to diagnose what went wrong, it's like they kind of played and coached this game like it is a tune-up game, basically. But not understanding the fact that, or they probably understand, but from a fan's perspective, like this kind of loss 
will keep a bubble team out of the NCAA tournament. Oh, for sure. No matter what kind of uh, like turnaround you might have in a season, this being a loss, a bad loss, quad four loss when it's all said and done, most likely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, that'll keep you out of the tournament if it's questionable. Yeah. I mean, we already knew that the margin for error would probably be, be pretty small coming into the season. There was a pretty good chance Missouri would be like a bubble team caliber type team coming in and so yeah this is pretty crushing for any hopes of making the tournament and you know maybe they figure figure out the rotation maybe you know whatever um they can they can win some games that they're not favored in and stuff down the stretch but yeah this this puts you in a hole for sure yeah so yeah it kind of does put a little bit of a damper on the rest of the season but mm-hmm. um, we've talked about how the, this team is just going to be really streaky all year long they're going to beat some some teams they shouldn't beat maybe that already happened against minnesota i don't know they're going to lose some some games that they feel like we they probably shouldn't lose. Um, it feels like right now there's a lot of individuals playing and they're not they aren't mixing super well and uh, the rotations feel a little scattered and um, sometimes I feel like I don't totally agree with um, who's on the floor and some of the like even like the the combinations. I'm like, what is this combination that we have on the floor? It's just yeah. like there's no offensive threat here. It's right. just I don't like I don't really like this. Um, and obviously I'm not the coach and that doesn't matter, but that's what these games are about is, is figuring out what works and what didn't. I think we have definitely figured out what's not working hopefully in the rose in those rotations. But, um, man, I, I think, uh, I'd still just like to see more Trent Pierce and you know, get some of these, these young guys minutes. I, I thought Pierce kind of helped spark the game winning um, come back against Minnesota. Yeah. Really great minutes. Um, just, he, he's all over the place. He can, like in a good way, um, he can, he can shoot, shoot the three ball and he can, uh, rebound down low and everything. So I'd, I think I obviously seem like his biggest fan at this point. So against Jackson state, he entered the game, but not long enough to even register as playing a minute in the like box score. Yeah. I don't really get that. I mean, I watched the possession that he was in there and it was like basically one defensive possession that he was in the game and he maybe made a bad read on what he should have done defensively and uh, Jackson State did score on the one possession that he was in the game and then he did not see the floor the rest of the game. So we know that uh, like even going back to the Conzo era, it seems like Coach Gates does the same thing where he needs to see it from you on the defensive side of the floor. Even if you're not scoring, even if you are scoring, he needs to see it from you on the defensive side of the floor before committing to a bunch of minutes. And I feel like that's why that's one of the reasons we've seen so much uh, Anthony Robinson is his versatility on defense, and he's blocked a few shots, come up with some good steals. It is a little ironic, though, because defense is definitely not what this team does well. So Exactly. Uh, they leave guys open all the time on those yeah. like mishandled rotations and switches and stuff. So right. I don't know. Um, I- I'm sure it'll be fine, but this is terrible loss. Still talking about the rotations just a little bit. John Tanjay starts the game but plays seven minutes. Connor Vanover starts the game but plays three minutes. Coach Gates was asked about that, and he said, uh, you know, just going with uh, who he thought was better in the moment. So now Tanjay feels like the type of guy where he needs to be commanding minutes and showing that he is the offensive threat that this team is looking for if nobody else is going to step up. Another weird trend um, offensively, Sean East started the season in in the first three games of the season shooting threes. He goes two for three, two for four, two for three. 
has not attempted a three in the last two games. And his just like he and Tamar Bates have the best shooting percentages from two or three on the team. And neither one of them are taking enough shots, in my opinion. Yeah. Sean East just wanted to lead the country in uh, three-point shooting percentage at the end of the year. Yeah. He's done. He's got like a 70%. Yeah, he's like six for 10. It just yeah, ended I'm there. Done. Yeah. Uh, Missouri does drop to 87th in Kempom, which I think is like maybe second or third worst in the SEC currently. And uh, there was a lot of talk about the SEC media you know, disrespecting this team by picking them 11th. So, yikes. They might be in for something like that. Who knows, though? They'll figure it. They will not look as bad as they did against Jackson State against that caliber of opponent again. Yeah. They do play tonight, which we're recording on Wednesday, uh, against another just terrible opponent. So South Carolina State. We should see if they uh, bounce back a little bit. And by bounce back, I mean, like, win by 15, 20 points. Yeah. Yeah, South Carolina State is 347 in Kempom. Then they play Loyola, Maryland on Saturday, 317 in Kempom. So two opportunities to right the ship a little bit there. But then uh, Tuesday, they've got the road matchup against Pittsburgh, who is 40th in Kempom. I believe that is the SEC-ACC challenge. So that game's on the road, and Pittsburgh has not played anybody yet, but they actually play Florida tonight on a neutral floor. So might have to check out some of that, see what Pittsburgh is up to. Um, they've only played bad teams so far, but they've won those games. So that means something. And they are led by senior forward Blake Henson, who we have seen a few times now. I honestly didn't think when he left Ole Miss for Pittsburgh, I did not anticipate seeing him on our schedule again, but here he is. He's got to be like 28 by now. And they have a 6'11 center named Federico Federico, who is pretty good, <laughs> uh, who I could see giving Missouri some problems down low. Yeah, and, I mean, even <clears throat> Garcia for Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, Missouri pulled that game out, but he was giving them fits. Yeah. He's a good player. Yeah. And uh, just another guy for Pittsburgh that I like is uh, freshman Carlton Carrington, top 100 four-star player. He's like a six-five guard. I was gonna never mind. They Go got ahead. those alliteration names. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Pittsburgh's pretty good. Um, I don't think there's anything Missouri can figure out between now and Tuesday to go on the road and knock off a top forty team. But it's pot. Well, I was gonna say it's possible that Pittsburgh just hasn't been challenged yet, but they get that Florida game tonight to uh, kind of give them a taste. Yeah. Should we, should we uh, move on to happier things? Sounds good to me. Uh, the football team won. Much happier. Missouri, Florida. Missouri beats Florida 33-31 to 31 on a Harrison Mevis game-winning field goal on senior night. That may not even be his last game winner. He may have one or two left in him. He might have next season in him. Might he? I, I think he still has another year if he wants it. Wow. Uh, he might be going to the NFL. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, he could probably be drafted, honestly, which is pretty rare for specialists. Yeah, I'd like to see it happen. Um, 
yeah, senior night, uh, incredible atmosphere, another sellout. Um, setting the stage, first thing we see, tuning into the broadcast, we see that Darius Robinson has, he does not have his name on the back of his uniform for senior night. He has the word Mizzou on his uniform in re- replacing his last name. Just magical moment. Mizzou legend for sure. Yes, absolutely. And we talked about it a little bit last week, and it's a little bit easier knowing how this game ended. But the way this team has come together and just the little pieces fit together, the guys that returned, um, the transfers that we brought in, I don't know. It's just uh, it's it's incredible to see a team and a coaching staff put the pieces together and everybody come together and just make a special season. Like, I don't know. Just we haven't had one of these since we've started doing this podcast. That's true. Which is insane. Yeah, honestly. Uh, we've been doing this since what, 2017, 2018? Something like that. Yeah, they have not had a season that's even come close to this. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's like we felt like there were reasons to believe before the season started that maybe the stars were aligning a little bit. We obviously knew Brady Cook was going to have to elevate his play a lot, which he has done. And, um, we knew if he could get the ball to some of these pieces, if the defense was even, uh, you know, as close to as elite as they were last year, like, I mean, what am I missing here? This looks like yeah. this could be a pretty good year yeah. if we uh, do what we need to do. And, and that's definitely happened. And there's been opportunities for it to be even better than it has been, but you can't argue with the most likely a 10 win season. Yeah, um, let me just uh, give you the stats real quick. Brady Cook, 20 for 34 passing, 331 yards and a touchdown. Schrader, 23 carries for 148 and a touchdown. And then Luther Burden with a much-needed breakout game. It's been a little bit slow going for him the last few games, but nine receptions for 158 yards. It was like almost a quiet 150 receiving. He had some plays, though, where he just you would not think he has been dealing with any injuries whatsoever. Um, breaking tackles, you know, the first guy is just almost never bringing him down. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. He, I mean, you could probably make an argument that he's the best overall wide receiver in the country, but I would say easily he's the best uh, after catch in the country. Yeah. Like he's just so difficult to bring down. He's shifty. He's, big yeah like just strong his balance is incredible yes so yeah you saw that a a few times against florida where you know he caught the ball and the the guy the secondary player had a chance to make a play and just bounced off of him and uh, one play in particular where i thought he was going to get blown up actually (laughs) like right whenever he was catching the ball i don't it looked like he maybe wasn't aware that the defender was right on him and he just like i said just absolutely bounced off of the defender and um like he was like he was nothing like he was a, a child <laughs> uh it started out a little slow for both teams offensively i mean missouri had that opening drive that was really solid but they couldn't get in the end zone classic uh settled for a field goal there and then graham mertz looked like he was gonna just kind of roll through this game a perfect opening drive passing uh big gain to Pearsall. it was just a few of the things early on was like, yep, well, this is why this is why the uh, we were a little bit concerned about uh, Mertz and this Florida offense, especially with some of the injuries that Missouri was dealing with. Um, and it felt like 
And I was completely wrong sort of diagnosing the first half. It felt to me like, obviously, Florida got that early score, go up 7-3. to three. Missouri battled back and defensively held Florida to barely even having a scoring opportunity after that in the first half. And so going into halftime, I thought like, okay, we've got this, we got some momentum here. Couldn't get in the end zone, had to settle for field goals. But aside from that one big play to Pearsall that set up the touchdown, Missouri's defense was doing their job and make some adjustments and let's just roll in the second half. Um, That's not quite what happened. And Missouri got a couple breaks in the first half that looking back allowed it to be you know, it shouldn't have been a one score game It's very bizarre because like Missouri benefited from the tipped pass that Carlisle picked off, but at the same time, couldn't get in the end zone. So it was like, it very easily could have been like 14 to 20 yeah. Missouri, 14 to 10 Florida. It, it was just a very odd first half where uh, both teams kind of making mistakes. Yeah, I think you can see in this game like how much the turnovers make a difference. Like, if you go a whole game without forcing a turnover, it just it's such an uphill battle comparatively. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you said I mean Missouri had some breaks in this game, like the tipped pass that turned into an interception. They fumbled it at least once or twice mm-hmm. uh, that Missouri re- uh, recovered. And without even even one less of those things, I don't know if Missouri wins this game. Yeah. And so they just felt like, uh, you know, in some ways, that's kind of what what good teams do, though, is they just uh, they find weird ways to to magically pull games out whenever the other team is like, wow, we had this in our hands and, and let it slip away. Uh, it feels like we haven't done that a lot in the last five years where it's like yeah. we just kind of, I don't know how we pulled that off, but we won kind of stuff. But Yeah, and last year was the epitome of the opposite of that. Sure. It's like, how did we lose this game? For sure. It uh, looked like early on, that I was kind of thinking with how effective Schrader was early. It looked like maybe it was going to be one of these games where Brady Cook only throws the ball 20 times and we just, Schrader has 30 carries and we just dominate the line of scrimmage, dominate the time of possession, all of that. It looked like it could have been one of those games, mm-hmm. but uh, they kind of slowed Schrader down a little bit. He did have that uh, 41-yard touchdown in the first half yeah on like a play-to-play basis honestly it kind of felt like florida's defense was playing better than they have all season yeah uh, with the exception of like some big plays obviously cody schrader's 41 yard run and then theo weiss had like the 70 plus yard touchdown that he just broke when it was like he caught it at the line of scrimmage and just yeah was never touched again honestly really good play by brady cook there i felt like um he was always going to go back to weiss he like kind of looked Weiss's way, but he's covered. So he Brady Cook looked down the field, got that defender to kind of move around a little bit, and that opened up Weiss. I thought that was a really good job by Cook to manipulate the defense, and then uh, Weiss did the rest. I didn't know he was that fast. Yeah, honestly, he, honestly, yeah, he turned on the bur- on the burners for sure. I was a little bit worried in real time that uh, Burden was going to get called for holding. Yeah, when something like that happens, it's like so open. Yeah, it's like uh, somebody's probably holding. But no, just clean, good blocking. It's good blocking from our downfield receivers there. Um, there was a, there was a few other just like missed opportunities. Um, the touchdown to Norfleet that got called off because uh, a penalty on the formation. The Luther Burden like tipped pass. Yes, that I thought for sure he caught. Yes, I, I mean, and I think I, that might have been the same drive as the Norfleet. Thing. Maybe so. Yeah. 
uh, super biased, obviously, but I thought even after the replay that I didn't think it was completely clear that the ball was touching the ground mm-hmm. when you, it was like shifting around, but whatever. Yeah, that was almost an incredible play by Burden. And uh, at some point in there, Graham Mertz is, is playing like Superman. And what does he do? He, it's like third and three, and we stop him. But no, he actually bursts through two Missouri defenders and gets a first down, huge first down in the moment. Yeah, like, good Lord. He just, like, trucked through, like, yeah. two linebackers. Yeah, it was like uh, the Missouri defenders hit him on either side, like, so simultaneously that their energy just, like, went into each other <laughs> through him, basically. Yeah, pretty much. They kept him upright by, like... Just about. ...being so balanced. Uh, but no good for Mertz. He's hurt. Probably. And we didn't even know it until, like, a play or two later yeah. when he just handed the ball off and was like, nope, I'm hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of a weird situation where he's, like, clearly can't play and he's jogging off the field and they're like, no, 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 it's just sit down on the field so we have time to yeah. do our subs and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the guy's name? Max Brown, I think, was the backup that came in. And he was making some plays. And yeah. by this time, Missouri's defense is missing their starting linebackers. Yeah. Something awful. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think the, the backup quarterback that came in was a lot more mobile than Mertz was. And so, I, I mean, I kind of liked the matchup against Mertz. And honestly, he was playing very well. And if he plays the whole game, they might just pull that thing out. I don't know. But the backup quarterback was just a totally different style. He was he was like kind of um, tricking us with like the read option type stuff, mm-hmm. and we were just biting on it. And then he would take off running, and um, so he actually was was pretty good when he came in. And I don't know, man, they were just doing like some some motion that just was really confusing our linebackers. I think, and yeah. they really struggled. Yeah, it looked like florida's entire offense went into how can we manipulate these inexperienced linebackers into you know it was working messing up and opening up the middle of the field yeah and that stretch of the game was actually super fun to watch if you could just not think about the fact that missouri's defense was getting gashed over and over again uh because the weiss touchdown was in there but then on either side of that like florida was kind of just moving the ball at will etn was breaking off huge runs and uh run after the catch yeah turned talk- into a little bit of a shootout yeah we talked about um ricky Pearsall last week and he had some huge plays um so yeah i mean we knew they had some weapons i mean i i predicted the game would be pretty high scoring i feel like even after i predicted that i was like i don't know why i did that uh, but it kind of ended up going that way. Yeah, um, you said 37 30. Uh huh. Yeah. And I don't know, it just felt like one of those weird games where, I don't know, we're coming off a huge win against Tennessee. Florida hasn't really done anything, but they are still a t- very talented team as far as like recruiting goes. And they're playing for bowl eligibility. They would love to ruin senior night. And yeah, know, they, they came out and they were, they were ready to go. So when it was coming down to it, um, a huge play was um travis etn travis trevor etn uh running out of bounds yes when so florida is kicking it is setting up a maybe a game-winning drive here and they're in field goal range they're not trying to do anything too crazy and he runs out of bounds to stop the clock with like a minute 40 left i think we only had one timeout left at that point yes uh yeah, and that timeout ended up being pretty clutch later. So uh, Florida kicks a field goal to go up one, two, mm-hmm. 
and one and um Missouri gets the ball back a minute 40 and here we are again the ball is in Brady Cook's hands in a go win the game drive situation and when have we seen this before well you and I just went back and looked at the last couple seasons and this year against Kansas State this year against LSU this year against Georgia in the fourth quarter the ball is in Brady Cook's hands with a chance to win the game and we actually had to refresh our memory a little bit on the Kansas State game because obviously you just remember the 61 yard kick and the the confusion right before the kick where everything was going bad but he did have five completions on a drive that drive that started at Missouri's own 18 yard line and so in the narrative of this season for Mizzou football, it feels like that part of that game-winning drive gets, at least for me, I was kind of overlooking that, forgetting that Brady Cook was pretty instrumental in getting them to the spot where they needed to be to kick the field goal. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, most people would probably agree that Brady Cook has not been super clutch in these moments where we really needed him, even going back to last year. Um, Last year, some of the games that we won, it was like we got ahead, we hung on for dear life, and hopefully we just did enough because yeah. we're not like we're not going to score any more points, and that worked in a few of those games. Um, this year, they're, they're like you said, there's been opportunities where we're behind with one last drive to to make something happen, and uh, yeah, Kansas State worked out, but it almost didn't, and right. uh, LSU and Georgia it did not. So against LSU, he had at least one opportunity to drive down and take the lead, and kind of just fumbled it away literally yeah against georgia driving to take the lead throws the worst interception you've ever seen so like brady cook took the step that we wanted to see him take this year as far as just like elevating his play and getting us to more wins and getting the hand getting the ball into the hands of the playmakers but still just hasn't quite had that clutch gene and hasn't quite um had that like moment where we're like yes he won us the game um and so this was kind of like here we go again where uh, I don't feel great about Brady Cook leading us down the field and, and getting us to where we need to go because he just hasn't really done it yet. And so, and it starts out not the best. I mean, oh, they get a first down, but then um, kind of maybe questionable play calling a little bit. Like we're taking deeper shots that don't seem super necessary. This was one big thing I had, a problem I had with the Georgia game as well. And it actually worked out okay, but those like really low percentage throws to like the back shoulder Theo Weiss, like 20, 30 yard, and Theo Weiss actually caught a couple of them in the Georgia game, but it's like they're just not using the middle of the field at all. Mm -hmm. They're so worried about the clock maybe that they're not using the middle of the field at all, and it felt like the defense was just kind of sagging to the outsides. Yeah. And finally, on the fourth down play, they went back to the middle of the field, and it was like not wide open, but about as open as you can possibly get for yeah. a defense that's in like a prevent type situation. Yeah. So I was amazed that Burden was that open, but it's like, I don't know, I, like the play calling was was so bad like yeah. before that, like leading up to the fourth down, I was like, why are you, what are these routes? There's nobody going across the middle of the field. Yeah. There's nobody doing just like a... Um, like an easy, you know, 10, 15 yard route and sitting down. Like, I don't know. It's like, I don't want to get in like a fourth and long situation. <laughs> Just let's get some kind of chunk here. Yes. And it never happened. And I believe there was uh, a penalty 
maybe on first or second down there. I think Cook completed a pass to Schrader for like negative two yards. Yeah, so like don't even catch the ball. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, sets up fourth and 17. And um, the call was great from from Joe Tessitore. But uh, yeah, Brady drops back to pass. And I, I honestly... I'm not thinking anything's going to happen here. Like no. we we've just seen it's him over. throw, I think three incomplete passes in a row, two at least, and that one to Mookie, he's you know feeling it a little bit. It feels like after that's incomplete, it's really coming down to this. But Luther Burden somehow they don't cover him in the middle of the field, and he just kind of three or four yards past the sticks, just sits down in the zone, and Cook throws a strike. And we got a first down. This game is still alive. I honestly did not think it was going to happen. I was genuinely shocked. And so technically, they're in field goal range at that moment, but it would have been a 58-yard field goal. Like, and, are we doing this again? <laughs> yeah, I did not necessarily want to. There wasn't much time left either. Exactly. And we used the last time out to set up that uh, fourth down play. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a couple... Uh, couple nice chunk plays after that too i think yeah. there was two more kind of short completions uh that they got out of bounds and stopped the clock and yeah. it was like perfect play calling and game management like after the fourth and 17 play it was kind of like okay deep breath we did we pulled off the impossible now yeah. it's like let's just do our thing and they were fine yeah two more first downs sets up uh basically a chip shot 30 yard field goal for the win and mevis nails it and uh the seniors get to have a rock which do you think they really do they they can't withhold a white rock from the seniors just because they lose one oh game. they will will they i have no idea somebody's got to let us we know how win. that works yeah i guess i imagine like after bowl season or something it's like <laughs> okay you guys you can get your rock now yeah we'll send it to you <laughs> we'll send a rock to you at <laughs> yeah. least um yeah just Crazy, uh, crazy little comeback there. It felt like we were finally going to see the game where uh, they just couldn't, they just couldn't pull it out in a game that they should win, and like possibly now, this is where the season stops being special. Yeah, is how it kind of felt for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It was like I, that's all I could think was like this is a very special season but it's not it's very much on the line right now if we lose this game it becomes just another season 10 years from now are we remembering it probably not really uh maybe what if yeah but maybe we're thinking of it as a season that kind of like turned the corner for some better seasons to come but in itself wasn't very special but i think that's still intact florida did the um hook and ladder play to end the game oh my gosh but and then uh on a play that i like didn't think was going to exist yeah that well the yeah they had to do it twice like there was still one that they first play florida yes. runs uh it's just an incomplete pass mm-hmm. like the first guy that's supposed to start the laterals oh, and right. stuff yeah doesn't catch it <laughs> so they try it again and uh so but everybody thought the game was over but there was still one second left and i've never seen anything quite like that drink is already in his like post game interview interview on the sideline yeah for espn yeah speaking of espn though i feel like i talk bad about espn a lot and like the broadcasts and stuff on sec network which are sometimes absolutely abysmal yeah but to get the espn proper primetime slot 
with someone like Joe Tessitore on the call, it felt like a big moment. Somebody on Twitter was mentioning that ESPN with their camera setups and yeah. stuff like actually captures the atmosphere of Faroe Field 100, better. 100% I was thinking that during the during the game was they have so many different shots mm-hmm. that like I don't know I felt like the crowd was really being showcased yeah. in the broadcast and uh like on CBS or just SEC Network or something like that it's usually just like one static shot yeah. like from the overhead but um yeah the ESPN broadcast was like kind of this like field angle where it was like kind of looking at the ball um and you could see the crowd in the background going mm-hmm. crazy and stuff they had a lot of different looks that they were showing and i thought it, i 100 I agree thought it kind of showcased the atmosphere really well yeah i'm not a huge jesse palmer fan but as far as like uh college football color commentators he just you know lays low for the most part and isn't trying to do too much yeah and so that's appreciated <laughs> Uh, Joe Testator, though, uh, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. Um, so Missouri is nine and two, five and two in SEC play, and once again, number nine in the college football playoff rankings, um, which, you know, we talked about last week all the potential upsets that were long shots, but would have None been of them nice. happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. It, it, looking uh, this time last week, looking ahead, it was like, if I had to bet that Missouri being number nine again seems like the most likely thing. Yep. Um, Florida State had a horrific injury to their quarterback. Man, yeah, that is awful. And they the committee bumped Washington ahead of them, which Washington did have a nice win over Oregon State. Yeah, but what a, a kind of like insult to injury to be literally fourth and then lose your quarterback and it. It, if you're a Florida State fan, it has to feel like the committee is being like, well, we're going to just bump you to fifth so that uh, we don't have to deal with the fact that this undefeated team uh, lost their quarterback and we don't actually want that in the playoffs. No, I think 100% that's what it is. And I think they would tell you, maybe not in that way, but they would say this Florida State team is different. Yeah. They don't have their star quarterback. Yeah. I, like we're That's very unfortunate that he got injured, but this is still this is who they are now and they're not as good of a team and i don't know how do you feel about that like same thing with um i heard somebody talking about this but mm -hmm. same thing with michigan it's like they don't have harbaugh yeah and we're going to take that in the committee will take that into consideration that this is a team without their head coach whether you like it or not we're trying to decide who the best team is like depending on who's playing well i think the committee lucked out by Washington, but they still have four undefeated teams. Yeah. So Is Florida State undefeated? Yes. Okay. So yeah, there's still four undefeated teams ahead of Florida State now. So you it's like, okay, I guess, yeah. You gotta if there's five under there there's not gonna be because Ohio State and Michigan still have to play each other. But yeah, if this ha- if that happened to Mizzou, I would be livid. Like I, I completely I think am on the side of Florida State fans who if they don't understand how your undefeated team, you know, gets bumped out of the top four. Uh, yeah, that's rough. But I feel like it's just uh, the playoff committee is like, well, we we just rewarded Washington for this nice win over whatever, you know, 11th ranked Oregon, Oregon State. State. So Yeah, that was kind of like an easy like way yeah. for them to move them in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting to think if they would have just played any other random opponent, like what would have happened there? Yeah. Because you know they would want to be switching that at some point. Yeah. And they needed a, a exactly. reason to be able to do it. So yeah, that yeah worked out well for the committee to just do that right away. Um, Florida State and Florida played this weekend. Yeah. We, we got that in Pick'em later, but I mean, Florida could probably pull that off. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, Florida State was playing uh, Cupcake, so and they struggled with it. Well, they, they, At yeah, first. yeah, it, there was definitely an adjustment, but like, I can't even imagine the mindset of the players in that situation. Just, you'd have to try yeah, like, as hard as you can to just pretend like that didn't happen. Yeah. Like not only just like he just left the game with an injury, it was like a gruesome injury. That's like, that's like scarring my brain now. Yes. And yes. it's like a, you're, you're one of your best friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's that uh, would be an awful thing to witness. And then, yeah, to, if you even like start to think about like the ramifications of your perfect season so far, yeah, jeez, yeah, that's rough. Um, yeah, it makes me hesitant to root for Florida over Florida State, even though you're feeling bad for him. I am feeling bad for Florida State, but uh, <laughs> if if Missouri still has the opportunity to jump them in the uh, rankings, then yeah, it is what it is. Um. We've reached the point in the season now with this Mizzou team where we've got almost a season's worth of stats here in front of us, and Missouri's offense is putting up some numbers. And I did some digging into the Mizzou record books, and I wanted to update everyone on where uh, Cook, Schrader, and Burden stand. Uh, it was tweeted out earlier by the Mizzou football account that they – it's the fourth time, I think, in Mizzou history that we've had a 3,000-yard passer, 1,000-yard rusher, and 1,000-yard receiver in the same uh, season. And so I was looking at Brady Cook now sitting at just over 3,000 yards passing, 67% on a complete completion percentage, and 9.3 yards per attempt, 25 total touchdowns, 6 interceptions, He's 15th nationally in passing yards and third in the SEC. And looking at the record books for Mizzou, he's now seventh all-time in Mizzou career passing yards. And he has now just the 10th 3,000-yard passing season in Mizzou history. So with uh, a regular season game and a bowl game left, he could uh, rise up the leaderboards there. Yeah, and the career yardage thing, he's got a shot to move up quite a bit assuming he has at least one more season left right right yeah he could definitely do some damage there uh luther burden now sitting at 1142 receiving yards and eight touchdowns the yardage is good for eighth nationally and third in the sec um that is the 10th 1000 receiving yard season in mizzou history he is now sitting at, and, and with the 1142, he's already at fourth most in a single season, 119 yards away from second, 639 yards away from first. That Denario Alexander mark. It's untouchable. Sheesh. Uh, and he is ninth all time in single season receptions with 77. And Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a true sophomore, he's tearing it up. And then last but not least, Cody Schrader uh, sitting at 1,272 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. Yards uh, are good for sixth nationally, first in the SEC, 
Jaden Daniels is second. I want to talk about him in a sec, but Jaden Daniels, second in the SEC in rushing yards and first in passing yards. Um, Schrader, sixth most rushing yards in a Mizzou single season. And he is 332 yards away from first. He should, with two more games, including the bowl game, it looks like third place should be pretty well locked up. Just needs 134 yards to get third. But 332 to unseat Tyler Beatty, first all time. It's a tall task, but he could get close. I definitely, I mean, obviously we loved Cody Schrader coming into the season, but I would, never would have guessed he would have this kind of year. Um, I mean, on, I mean, even just last year, he and Pete were pretty much 50-50 split on yeah. the carries, but he has become the workhorse this year. Yeah, beginning of last season, I mean, it was, I don't even want to mention. No, I, oh, I mean, I was just like everybody else. I yeah, mean, the preseason like, stuff, we were just saying like, it's a nice story. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like it was Pete and then everybody else last year going into the season um but yeah this it's um it's been quite a season for the missouri offense i mean these guys when you have a quarterback running back and wide receiver trio that are filling up the record books that's a fun time yeah you better go win 10 games if you're going to be doing that exactly all right so the last game of the regular season at Arkansas, rivalry week. Arkansas is four and seven on the season, one and six in SEC play. Started the season two and zero oh with wins over Western Carolina and Kent State, and then they lost their next six in a row to BYU, LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Alabama, and Mississippi State. And they broke that streak with a win at Florida. Kind of weird. Uh, but I did think it was interesting in those six losses. They only lost those six games by a combined 36 points. So obviously six points per contest there. Um, and the LSU loss, I think uh, that was only three on the road. Alabama, they only lost by three on the road. Ole Miss was seven on the road. It's kind of insane, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Arkansas has had a weird season. Uh, they've really dealt with a lot of injuries. They have one of the best running backs in the country in Raheem Rocket Sanders, mm-hmm. if you want to, if you know him by Rocket Sanders. And he's been hurt pretty much all year. Not playing uh, on correct. Friday. Yes, he's out. He actually came back and played against, in their most recent game, against uh, Florida International, mm-hmm. Florida International Airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I mean, really early in the game, I think first quarter, he injured his shoulder and I think has like a torn labrum. So he's had a really, really um, just disappointing season for him. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and he's, he's, I mean, he's a great player. So definitely Missouri not having to play against Sanders is is nice for the defense. Um, but you know, they've, they've got some good players. KJ Jefferson, we know what he's capable of. So um, this is not a walk in the park game whatsoever. Uh, looking at their record, you might think it would be, but Arkansas, I don't know. I think, I think you got to respect them. Yeah, I think you're right. And, um, yeah, those losses all being so close, it just, you know, it kind of, I don't know. It's like obviously a worse season than Missouri last year. And the, 
and KJ Jefferson being a senior who cannot return next year, it's kind of like, you know, that just I want to be at Missouri at least once, right? That's what he's thinking. That's probably what he's thinking. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it adds to the disappointment for them just knowing they were so close in some of these games. And this was kind of like the last ride with your quarterback that has carried you to some big wins over the, over his career. And I can only hope that, uh, I mean, they, they can't become bowl eligible. So nothing to play for there. Nothing to play for. They get, they're pretty banged up. Uh, what Jefferson's playing for NFL, uh, considerations, but yeah, if he was going to go pro, you feel like last off season is the time to do that. Yeah. I'm not sure he's a great pro prospect. Um, He's just not a great passer. He can do it. And, he, I mean, he's, he's dangerous just because he can do everything, and mm-hmm. eventually he's just going to break the big play. But definitely is most known for his rushing ability, which he will do a lot and can do it very well. He's very hard to bring down. But I'm not sure he's a pro prospect necessarily. But, I mean, you put a better supporting cast around him, I bet he has a pretty impressive year. And, I don't know, I feel like Arkansas just didn't assemble – a team that was going to compete like their some of their wide receivers were brought up from like really low levels and just stories that uh you would have needed a miracle i think like a cody schrader type situation yeah. almost yeah. like maybe not from d2 but right they just i don't know i feel like their team just kind of lacked talent and um i don't know with all of the injuries and stuff they just did not put it together yeah so it's it's weird because even outside of their record I, I'm not just looking at their roster and their stats and stuff. I'm not super scared of this Arkansas team, mm-hmm. but what was going on in these games that they're I don't like know. hanging on against Seriously. these more elite competition? I know that it really is interesting. And it felt like, well, they're going to get one of these eventually. And they did beat Florida. Yeah. And I hope they don't do that again, where it's like beat Florida again, get uh, pull off a win um, yeah. that they're like desperate for or something. But. Um, I don't know. I think Missouri's going to take care of business for sure. It's on the road, but I really don't think it's going to be a, like a, a loud environment by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, there might be Missouri, more Missouri fans there. We'll <laughs> see. <be> something. <laughs> Wasn't there talk of doing like a tiger stripe? Yeah, they're trying to stripe out the uh, Razorback Stadium. That'd be cool. Yeah. I honestly feel like what is the Razorback Stadium might be closer to us than Columbia. It's probably pretty close. Yeah, it like, might be. Actually. Perfectly even. Um. That Florida win for Arkansas was in overtime also. So they they were very close to a... Lots of close games. Eight-game losing streak there. Same they, after that, they got blown out by Auburn. That's true. And so. Auburn then lost to New Mexico State. Like, that makes sense. Sheesh. Sam, the pigman pitman. Yeah. He'll be back. back. He's back, folks. He's back, folks. Here, piggy. piggy. Come on, piggy. Ooh, Who is that? The uh, that was the Arkansas athletic director. <laughs> and come on back, like, come on back, <laughs> Sam. Uh, like saying all the like we just kind of spun a narrative there, yeah. about the the close games and stuff. Uh, it's like you can see how maybe they fix some of these issues. Like he's very well liked by yeah. the Arkansas uh, fans, and not that that necessarily matters for whether or not he deserves another year. But um, I think the fans probably wanted to see him come back. I think Missouri fans maybe do too. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was a little bit of talk about like some of these teams. Maybe I can't remember. It's probably just something I saw on the internet. But uh, like Missouri sticking with Drinkwitz through just five hundred play, mm-hmm. 
obviously we saw that it was working on the recruiting end, mm -hmm. which Arkansas has had some decent recruiting classes with Pittman, but uh, people were speculating like maybe Missouri's success with retaining Drinkwitz when it was maybe a little bit iffy last year. Uh, has that kind of inspired some of these other schools to just chill a little bit on the coaching carousel? I mean, I've sometimes I've thought that. I mean, yes. Can you just keep doing like the insanity thing where it's like you just keep you know starting over every season with the same coach and expecting it to just work out suddenly? But mm. man, it takes a long time to get things going in a football program, and there's a lot of players on a football team, and just landing one recruit is not going to change your team very often unless it's Luther Burden. But um, it takes a long time to to get to get the recruits you need to get them into the system to get them acclimated and sometimes it takes a couple of years to get the young guys like into the physical shape they need to be in all that stuff so I mean I sometimes think yes coaches probably need a little bit more time to for things things to kind of pan out um, but I don't know man it's and tough. it obviously depends on like where your program is coming from yeah. like what is the recent history are you. Did this coach come into a terrible situation that they're having to rebuild? Yeah, there's there's nuances with every situation, but it felt like Coach Drink's extensions, at least to us, most of the time, like you could see why they did it. Yeah, and they kind of needed to instill confidence in him and in and in the recruits and all that stuff. So, but I don't know. But uh, just going back to Florida for a second with uh, Billy Napier, and I feel like. Um, I feel like there was a little bit of uh, oh, Florida loses out this season. Is he on the hot seat and whatever? And I feel like Florida is another good example of a program that I think should not be looking to replace him quickly because like last year for Florida, you're just uh, riding the, uh, now I can't remember his name. Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. I wanted to say Anthony Robinson. Uh, the Anthony Richardson experience, just like get as many wins as he can lead you to and then they basically overhauled the roster for more of a, seems like more of a long-term rebuild yeah. moving forward. Totally different style. Exactly. So, um, yeah, and just the, you know, Florida not having a ton to play for themselves, but then taking top 10 team on the road uh, down to the last second, literally. Uh, yeah, I that's think us. that just kind of showed, uh, yeah, exactly. We're that top 10 team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that just kind of showed that, uh, I think, Billy Napier's going to stick around for a while in Florida. I don't see yeah, his I'm like, seat being too hot. I'm like, give coaches more time. I'm on that side. And then also I'm like, stop giving coaches these insane extensions also at the same time. I don't know where I fall. I'm all over the place. But because these extensions are just absolutely insane where it's like, oh, I don't have to do anything anymore. I'm about to be rich no matter what. Yeah, that's true. So like, I almost sometimes feel like those insane extensions are actually hurting the program. Yeah. Because now you're financially just you you're stuck no matter what unless you're texas a&m and somebody comes out on the field at halftime and presents you with like more than enough money to fire your coach and then you do that one half of football later i suppose not every school has somebody trotting out that kind of check at halftime though i don't remember how we got here uh it's just been a fun little chat hasn't it uh sam Pittman, he's returning we like that, but what I'm more interested in is who's going to play quarterback after KJ Jefferson is gone. Yeah, that's going to be. I think he still might have another year. No way. I don't know. I'm not sure. As far as like we know, everybody has another year. The, exactly. Just yeah. Just everybody's returning. Everybody could if they wanted to. <laughs> uh, I thought I've saw, I've seen some discussion on whether or not he'll transfer after the season. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Well. 
Uh, I'm going to say whatever quarterback they have lined up after him, that uh, Pittman's longevity at Arkansas will be directly tied to that person. I agree. So are we nervous about this game? Are we worried about an upset here? It's I would on say the, road. the only reason that I'm like nervous or worried about an upset is just because of the catastrophic, just absolutely the most embarrassing loss of, of all time. Uh, because Arkansas at this moment in time is kind of our football rivalry, rivalry whether you want to accept that or not. It's kind of how it is right now. And I, I reject it, actually. That's fine. The fan bases are going at it all the time on Twitter and everything like that. It's, you know kind of your regional rivalry and you have to win that especially when they're four and seven and they have nothing to play for and i say georgia's our rival that's fine uh so i would say that's that's why i'm nervous is because if we lose this holy cow that's embarrassing yeah and, like if the, if arkansas is the reason we don't go to, to a new york, new york six bowl i just i'm gonna be devastated yeah that would be des- devastating but um, i don't think i don't think we have to worry about that now, uh, looking at the injury report here, no Rocket Sanders, but Missouri, uh, Chuck Hicks and Tyron Hopper, questionable. Yeah, the linebacker situation's a little scary. Like, What's the plan if if uh, Hicks can't go? Uh, I believe it is uh, Damian Wilson and uh, Newsom. Newsom. Yeah, that Newsom will be out there. starting most likely. This team needs Hopper to come back. Yes. If Hopper's in there, I'm I'm feeling good. Javon Foster, questionable. It's not great. Ennis Rakestraw, questionable. Not great. Uh, Ennis is always questionable. He'll be fine. That's true. <laughs> uh, Cook, Burden, Schrader, and Realist George, probable. Okay. Don't worry about them. All right. I'm just thinking about, well, it's kind of like a trade-off there. You don't, you, They don't have the running back. We don't have our linebackers. Well, you know, that's all part of the show. You know, they'll be fine, but you got to at least put it out there that they're not 100% and just in case we lose or, you know, just in case it's a close game. Like, oh, well, we were injured. <laughs> I don't, uh, that wouldn't do it for me. But uh, <laughs> if that would make you feel better, that's good. I'm just saying that's why they do it. Ah, I see. A little bit of PR for you. Oh, of course, of course. Um, I'm a little bit nervous, but I think actually Missouri got their close win out of the way this past week. I agree. I think the pretty terrible, not terrible, the, uh, the scary game against florida i do think helps them against arkansas uh they gotta they can't come in and and just and sleepwalk they gotta respect their opponent i think they will and you know we like i said we know what kj jefferson is and but he's kind of their whole team right now you know coaches never want to be like pointing to some like thing at the end of the season that you're playing for it's like you know coach Drinkwitz go one and oh each week but last game of the regular season is that when you're finally able to be like hey look at what we're doing we're trying to go get a win for a 10 win season and one of the most prestigious bowl games in the history of the program at least in the modern era yeah i think i think you say those things okay finally 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 you can it's okay to just be like okay this is a very large moment yeah please win (laughs) yes i think you can say that maybe maybe he presents it with a little bit more confidence than like yeah then you did. I was just like, please, please. I'm desperate. Yeah, please don't lose. Don't lose to Arkansas. I can't go on if you lose this game. They're not going to lose. No, they won't. Give me a prediction. Give me 31 20. 31 20. That sounds really, really nice. Um, Luther Burden. It, uh, 
give me a nice balanced offensive attack yeah. from Missouri. Too many, too many weapons. Another like, 300, 100, 100 game from the top three there. Theo Weiss is going to be like maybe, I don't know. Like people are going to forget about Theo Weiss, I'm afraid, in five to 10 years. Yeah. Because we'll just be thinking about what Luther Burden accomplished, but he's been incredible. Yeah, honestly, he's the type of player, like when we look back on this season, even right now, just trying to think back to one of the absolute very best, like number two wide receivers Missouri yeah. when have has we had, ever had. When have we had a one-two punch like this? Jeez. Probably never, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And Mookie Cooper coming up clutch in late game moments all season long. Mm-hmm. It's a shame he hasn't have a t- doesn't have a touchdown yet. Yeah, that's wild. Um anyway, I think Missouri's going to get to KJ Jefferson a little bit. He'll shrug off some tackles, but yes. we'll we'll sack him a few times, maybe force him into some bad throws. And yeah, let me say Missouri wins this game 28 to 17. Yeah, I mean, that was basically how we beat him last year was he had some plays where Jefferson had some plays where it's like, how did he get out of that? Or how did we not tackle him? Uh, But I think that pressure just adds up after a while. Like, I don't think it's just a per play thing. Like, after a while, that pressure starts to get to the quarterback's head. He did make some bad bad plays last year against Missouri. And I remember specifically Carnell had a clutch interception. And so I think that is the key. Okay, Missouri's going to get that win and finish the regular season 10-2. and It's exciting. Wow. Just got to finish strong. Finish strong. Been waiting for it all season. Respect your opponent. Yes. We're not scared. We're going to win. Not at all. Don't even trip. <laughs> um, okay, ready to pick the rest of these SEC games? Mm-hmm. Wild slate on our hands. Nine games, I heard. Mm-hmm. Rivalry week what they're saying how'd we do last week okay last week kyle and the guest pickers got five points myself and cam got six points congratulations thank you tried really hard for that that brings our season totals to cam has 65 the guest pickers have 69 i have 70 and kyle has 71 Nine games. Nine games. A this lot week. can happen. How, what are we doing after this week? We didn't decide that. Uh, we'll, well, I feel we, like we we'll have to set. What is, we'll we'll be able to the, pick the SEC championship game. Okay. We're picking the, what are we going to do? Pick the the 14 playoff games and yeah. the New York Six Bowls or something? Sure. Sounds good. Sure. And they're all just scored the same? Maybe, yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. One more opportunity for me. One more, one last ride. Sounds good. Okay, our guest picker this week is Josh. Hey, welcome in. Welcome, welcome in, in, Josh. First game is number 12, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Ole Miss is a 10 point favorite. Egg Bowl. That's what they call it. Uh, Mississippi State not winning this. Bad. Yeah. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Big. Ole Miss all around. Big. Ole Miss. Big. (laughs) Up next is Kentucky at number 10, Louisville. Louisville is a seven-point favorite. Now, there's been a little chatter 
on uh, I'm just gonna keep calling it Twitter. If you guys remember, if you guys remember what Twitter is, it's that website. Uh, it's called something else now. I don't know. Uh, there was some there was some chatter that that Louisville Louisville would beat Mizzou by two touchdowns. That's what their barstool account was saying. So so that was some people want to play Louisville now in the bowl game. I've got my sights set higher, honestly, Me personally, too. but they're I, ranked ten. Yeah, but I agree with you. That's fine. Though. They're probably going to beat Kentucky, though, right? I would think so. Yeah, Kentucky. I was watching a little bit of the Louisville game the other night, the other day, and like they're just they don't play defense. They're just I mean it was just back and forth, mm. and back and forth. Maybe we do want to play them in a bowl game. Maybe. Uh, yeah, whatever. If we're gonna play Louisville, they might as well beat Kentucky and have a better ranking. I'm with you. When we beat them in a bowl game. So yeah, give me Louisville. Louisville. Louisville around. What did ten, what did Kentucky do last week? They let me down. That's what they did. Lost to South Carolina. That's right. Losers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah. Couldn't be us. Gonna lose pick'em for me. <laughs> Texas A&M. At number 14, LSU. LSU is a an 11.5 point favorite. You going to get frisky? No. <clears throat> Me either. I'll go LSU. I'll go LSU. LSU all around. Who's the next head coach of Texas A&M going to be? I have no idea. Somebody, uh, I can't remember who it was. Not worth bringing up. Move on. Never mind. Onward. Number eight, Alabama at Auburn. Alabama is a 14.5 point favorite. The Iron Bowl. Got nine games, but none of them are close. Yeah, I sure wish uh, Auburn was better than they are. Well, they beat Arkansas. Wow, that's true. I forgot about that. I'll take Alabama. Yeah, same. Alabama all around. It's a slow buildup. Next up is Vanderbilt at number 21, Tennessee. Tennessee is a 26 and a half point favorite. <laughs> Gotta wait a little longer. <laughs> all right. I'll take Tennessee. I will take Tennessee in this game. Tennessee all around. Number one, Georgia at Georgia Tech. Georgia is a 24 and a half point favorite. Georgia Tech get that triple option going. Maybe do they something. Might, they might do it. No, probably not. They won't. I'll take Georgia. I'll take Georgia. Georgia all around. Number five, Florida State at Florida. Okay, here we go. Florida State is a six and a half point favorite. Now, uh, I feel like the narrative I'm building here is Billy Napier, you know. You've been a fan all year. Oh. What? Okay. I'll do it. I'll take Florida. Wow. Producer Cameron's just like, oh, okay. (laughs) He's like, his eyes got really big. I better be the only one that picks them. Uh, I think you will give, uh, man, I don't know. I actually think this is, it's sneaky good pick. Could be. Josh takes Florida State. I think Florida's really going to want to win. That's not fair. Let me be on an island here. Okay, great. I will. Give me Florida State. <laughs> I don't want to throw this thing away. I'm going to catch you all. Are you thinking it? Are you pondering He's it? thinking. I'm thinking about it. It's not worth it. All right, give me Florida State. Okay, okay. Why do you want to be on an island so bad? You want to be a, like legendary for picking yeah. it? Even you want, I made you want to get them. It? He wants those comeback points. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming back. Only down by six. Yeah. It's happening. Got to start somewhere. 
Next up is number 24, Clemson at South Carolina. Clemson is a seven-point favorite. <clears throat> you guys got to go were saying, first. They were saying Clem sucks. Who was? The South Carolina fans I saw. Oh. They were saying Clem sucks. Pretty clever. Uh, South Carolina beat Kentucky. They're on a roll. They're trying to save Shane Beamer's job. They're doing it for Shane. Yeah, Beamer ball. Give me Clemson. I'll take Clemson. I'll take South Josh, Carolina. Josh takes Clemson. I'll take South Carolina. You were about to be so buried after this week. <laughs> All he needs is a chip in a chair. Exactly. Last and certainly least, number 17, Iowa at Nebraska. Nebraska is a two and a half point favorite. I had to double check this because I was like, that can't be Nebraska right. is, has five wins. They're not even bowl eligible. And they are not favored, yet. not yet. They're favored against the number 12 team in the country. It was like nine wins or yeah, something. Yeah, I was like uh, going to play in the Big Ten championship game. The over-under, or there's like there's like 20 implied points or something in this game. It's the most, it's like the most insane thing ever. I legitimately don't know what I want to do. Everybody else go first. Josh takes Nebraska. I feel like you have to go Iowa here. Like they're the better team and they're the underdog. Like Okay, I, give me Iowa. I have to go Iowa. I have to go Iowa. Okay. I did just enough to set me up to where these uh, bowl games are going to do it for me. Okay. What are you thinking, Producer Cameron? Nothing. I'm staying pat. Okay. I don't know. It's your, it's your boys. Yeah, I wasn't questioning that one. I'm not picking that one. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the easiest. Okay. <laughs> uh... Good luck, Josh. Good luck, Josh. See you on the gridiron. You could definitely uh, he, he could do some damage. Oh, man, yeah. All right. Are we done here? <clears throat> I sure. hope so. I hope so. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim Keynes, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, and Louis Hernandez. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen, and happy Thanksgiving. You can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We are on Twitter at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t shirts and stickers on our online shop, Missouri Sports Pod.bigcartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. After winning.